player profiler faithful it's your boy maddie kiwoom and welcome to episode 10 of the game plan i cannot wait to dive into episode 10 first and foremost i can't even believe they still let me do this thing Beyond grateful for the opportunity. Cannot believe we have 10. This is the 10th episode of The Game Plan. But on today's episode, we have a very special episode for episode 10 because I want to talk strategy for those teams at the top of their current standings. As always, we will head to the clearance section and find some bargain bin players for your upcoming matchups because you don't want to miss out what QB is worthy of streaming if you have Lamar or Joe Burrow, or you are waiting to hear the news on Josh Allen and see if his elbow is healthy enough to play. You're not going to want to miss that. So come on, sit down, get your out your notepads, your pens, your papers, and let's start game planning for week 10. So, as always, allow us to go down the injury road first place to always start game planning are those injuries because you don't know what you can do if those guys are just not on the field so let's break down who is in who is out who is questionable based on their last their end of the week practices so the first we'll go with the missed practices keenan allen and mike williams will miss week 10 they will sit out once again leaving josh palmer and gerald everett and deandre carter as the lead pass catchers for Justin Herbert and of course Austin Eckler. The Eckler's not even a question at this point. He's just absolute study in fantasy op- in fantasy football. Romeo Dubs is already he has already been listed as out for this week, so he will miss with that ankle injury. Let's move on to the limited practices, shall we? Ryan Tannehill, this is more for your Superflex or 2QB leagues. He is on track to return. After being missing multiple games due to an ankle injury, uh, he was limited on Friday, but he was a full participant on Thursday. Scheduling looks like he is going to play in Week 10. Brandon Cooks, uh, due to his wrist and his hurt feelings, uh, is still questionable. Uh, I would look for an alternative. It just doesn't seem like the uh, the feng shui, the juju with Cooks and the Houston Texans is good right now. So I'm looking for alternatives. Matthew Stafford is still in the concussion protocol and is a true game time decision. Speaking of game time decisions, speaking of the NFC, uh, NFC West, and speaking of their matchup this Sunday, his opponent Kyler Murray with that hamstring injury will also be a game time decision. And as I mentioned a minute ago, Josh Allen, he finally returned to practice. It was in the limited capacity. We are going to wait with bated breath to see if he suits up and is how healthy he is for uh, his matchup this weekend with the, with the Vikings uh, due to that elbow injury. Uh, moving on to the more positive injury reports, the full practice participants. Derek Henry rest is removed from the injury report. This should be the new routine. What to expect with Derek Henry? Probably missing Wednesday and Thursday, return Friday, and ready to bulldoze the defense on Sunday. Aaron Jones and Al Lazard will play against the Cowboys. Aaron Jones had that ankle injury, and Al Lazard had that shoulder ailment, but they are both off the injury report and ready to rock against them boys speaking of ankle and shoulder injuries deandre swift is off the detroit lions injury report heading into their matchup versus the bears 
uh, rejoice, uh, Swift team builders, because he is back and seemingly a little more healthy than he's been over the last month. Damian Pierce to be he appears to be a full go this Sunday. So uh, the rib and uh, I believe his rib injury that he was uh, limited with seemed to be more of a maintenance thing. Fire him up if you roster him. He's been a volume monster. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is back. He will back up CMC, the new RB1 in San Francisco. But the other running back, <laughs> just kidding, he's a, listed as a wide receiver, Debo Samuel. Both are slated to return to action here in Week 10 on Sunday Night Football. Um, Debo, obviously you're playing him. But Elijah Mitchell, check the waiver wire. If you got a, some room to stash, he's worth the stash because he's, again, a CMC injury away from being uh, a mega producer in San Francisco. And guess what? There is no more Jeff Wilson to take away the goal line work for Mitchell. So if you can add him and you can stash him, definitely do, do so. That is good game planning. Jarvis Landry. Woo! Jarvis Landry. He is ready to rock this week. He's returning from that ankle injury, but a little bit more on him later in the show. JT Jonathan Taylor is no longer on the final injury report and is ready to go on Sunday. His teammate Dion the Dart is out. So Taylor in a good spot should see a lot of volume. Hopefully that knee or uh, uh, that ankle and that foot all all the above holds out to be a healthy form. Last but not least, Ron Deasy, Rondell Moore will play without an injury tag this week. That's pretty good news. He has seen eight or more targets in four of his last five and has a pretty good upcoming matchup against the Rams. So if you are looking to rely on Rondell, you can do so with a bunch of confidence. Quick, everyone listening, everyone watching, tell me who leads the league in money throws. It's Justin Herbert. How about who is the player that leads all of football in yards per route run? Hmm? Hmm? Chad? It's Tyreek Hill. How did I know those answers, you may be asking yourself? Well, I use the data analysis tool on playerprofiler.com. When I'm prepping for the game plan or the hit new show, Trade Gods, when I'm writing an article or putting together the Fantasy Football Market Watch Twitter thread, I am always using the data analysis tool on playerprofiler.com. And from now until the end of the season, you can get our all-in package for $50. That's right. Just for the small price of $50, you can get the Dynasty Deluxe, the DFS Dominator, and the Data Analysis Tool. All of that can be at your disposal right now for just $50. So all you do is head over to playerprofile.com and sign up. First segment on today's show. Fun stuff. We are now staring week 10 in the eyes. We have played fantasy for nine whole weeks. The playoff picture is becoming more and more clear as the weeks go on. So for today's show, I want to start off by using a new, uh, going to a new segment called Don't Fumble the Bag. And it's pretty simple. You've come this far. You got a contender. You're 9-0. You're eight and one. Hell, you're seven and two. You're ready. You're preparing for postseason battle. But now it is important to not fumble the bag. Do not drop out of the potential first round bye that you may be sitting in or the playoffs in general. You want those high seeds. You want to win. You want to have momentum. You want your team and your players trending in the right direction come postseason. So we're going to talk big picture, little picture, all right now here on the game plan. 
Don't fumble the bag, ladies and gents. So the first thing you got to do, if you tuned in a few weeks ago, we talked about how to dig yourself out of a hole. Uh, and the first thing in that uh, that breakdown, which I recommend you go back and check out, is to define your team. And that's the same thing we're doing here today, folks. We have to define our team. You know, we have to look long and hard at our roster, at our wins, and our let, and also our losses, and, and kind of get a look at the team. And we have to decide whether we're lucky or we're productive. So what does that mean? Have you got a bunch of wins, but you've played a lot of low scores? Your points against is terribly low. Your points for is maybe fourth or fifth in the league. So you've been a tad lucky. Or have you been productive? Have you just been mashing your players are doing the damn thing week in, week out? So that is the first thing you got to do. And both things tie into this next point. Whether you're lucky or not, you should be looking to win now. This is this is in seasonal formats, but I'm also talking in Dynasty. Uh, it's just the formula of which you can push your team forward in Dynasty is a lot more contingent on picks and uh, obviously young players that aren't producing things of that nature. Where seasonal, it's more puzzle pieces because teams that are out of it are probably not really as – uh, excited to trade, and then the team's fighting for it. They are going to hold on to their best players. So there is a different dynamic, but we'll get into all that. First, I just want to talk about the importance of winning and in winning in fantasy. I think often we follow you know, the the many, many uh, good uh, analysts in the dynasty space with good reason. They have great takes. They have great eye for football, uh, trend pattern noticing, all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, what gets lost, I think, in a lot of analysis is the winning is getting a lot of fantasy points right here, right now, and winning in your league. Uh, and, and people, if you listening, you may have been playing football, fantasy football for 10 years in a home league, and you may have zero championships. I know for a fact each and, one of you, each and every one of you listening knows someone in your league that has never won a championship. Some have never even went deep into maybe even a Final Four appearance. So winning in fantasy is hard. It's not easy to do. You may be the best person in your league, and you may still drop at the end because at the end of the day, you can't do anything about it. But here, I'm here to say now that it's important to win. So sure, maybe you have to overpay to get a player. It's going to work. You need to push your team forward. And I know it's bro science, and there's nothing quantifiable about it, but when you push forward, your team gets that juju virtually through your, through your sleeper app. They get it. Those little digital players, they recognize that you're pushing them forward. You're doing everything you can as a G GM or a team builder in fantasy to get them going. They see this. They don't even, they subconsciously tune into it. You got to do your part as a team builder. And that's what we're going to talk about today because winning, like I said, is ultra hard. We are going to focus primarily on seasonal formats. Uh, so all you dynasty leaguers, you know what to do. Go take your picks. Go take your young players and move them. Moving for stuff to win now because push your team forward. Get that championship now before you look back at 15 years like, I don't even have myself. I've donated a ton of money to this league, and I don't even have a championship because everyone wants the chips with the dip, and we're going to talk about how to push it forward today. So lucky, productive. Is your team lucky or productive? If your team's lucky, I would suggest this is my suggestion for lucky teams. Uh, you're going to look at who's performing because you'd have to have performers to win. You're not going to be at, like you're not going to be so lucky that your team stinks but yet you're getting wins. You're getting points from someone so you want to hold on tight to that player. Okay? But you also want to take now your second best player, your second best points getter. Start shopping them around to get a 
little bit less player, but also a better flex, a better running back too, better quarterback, what have you, bolster up the offense because you do have to be conscious of the fact that if you get a, you know, a, a, a higher seated guy in the first round or, you know, so let's say you get the buy. So you miss first, but the, you're going chalk and you get a, a top four performer. Someone who's hot right now. You don't want to run into a buzzsaw in the playoffs and hope that your team just remains lucky. So you have to act a little bit like you're not a dominant team. Not completely. Like I said, you're not moving your best player, but maybe your second best player or your third best player. You take some of those things and look to a little bit, can kind of expand. Usually winning, the, the, the sentiment is condensing, taking multiples, turning them into one, sharpening the edges of your sword. We've talked about that before, and all that is true. But when, you've, when you look at your team and you're honest with yourself and you look at your points for, your points against, and you realize you're lucky, now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't put your pedal to the metal to try to win. That's not what I'm saying. I, I think I'm saying the opposite when I say you're taking a good player, but you're trying to make that roster a more form, formidable scorer on a weekly basis. Because when you're in the playoffs, uh, then you can't just rely on luck. Because when you get all of that negative regression, all of that, the tr- all the trends that you've been sidestepping over the past two months, that can come crashing down at the worst time and sometimes it's when you're in the playoffs and other times it's when you're leading up to the playoffs and all of a sudden you're limping going in you've missed your trade deadline you haven't attacked the trade market you sat on your laurels and now you're probably sitting down wishing you had done something so if your team is lucky you're going to be looking for uh, a two uh take um, one of your better scores and just make that that full lot roster just a little bit more uh, formidable, a little bit more consistent. You want to make sure that the, the obviously the best players are doing their thing, but also in the middle there, that middle section is a little tweeter, a little tweeter, not exactly uh, as loosey-goosey as it may have been these first nine weeks. Now, if your team is productive, well, this is when you can walk around, you know, the, the cock of the walk, the big dog in the room, the winner of the league. You're looking to take bench players and a starter potentially and mush it all into a better player. This is one of the hardest things to do in fantasy, and it gets harder and harder and harder because people can turn to uh, – a new like they can turn to playerprofile.com and they can listen to Cody and Jason Allwine and the Podfather and Jay and they can listen to all of these great analysts that we have here Dario Jacob Chase I mean I could keep going on and on there Billy Jeez Louise player profiler roster is stacked and they can listen to all these people and they get this good advice so they're they're less apt to trade away uh, one of their best players for a three guys that they see on your bench but it's not it's still worth trying because productive teams especially in seasonal leagues can be world beaters you the stars could have aligned you hit the right draft picks you hit good on waiver wire early and you have these assets to to uh trade the difference here the real difference between dynasty and seasonal when it comes to uh refining sharpening your edges if you will for your playoff uh roster is dynasty the top attacks the bottom in terms of buyers, the buyer-seller market. Teams at the bottom realize they're playing for 2023 and beyond, are willing to take less productive guys now to um, you know, set their scales, set their sights longer term, which makes sense. Whereas in seasonal, you need to attack the middle because the bottom may be checked, they may be checked out altogether. They have no incentives to truly care. And honestly, there are situations where your league might even frown upon 
going to talk to an 0-9 team builder right now who hasn't set a lineup in two weeks. So you got to attack the middle. There's always, in any solid fantasy football league, any league with some competition in it, whether it be, you know, content providers or just you and your buddies, the, the, the guys, the leagues that have people in it that care always have what we call in the Golden Pony uh, fantasy football experience as the muck. The muck is the grouping of teams that are just just ping-ponging their, in the standings. They're going up, they're down, win-loss, win-loss. Everyone's kind of around each other. They're going to look in a hurdle one another. They need to put together a win streak. That is the, the grouping of teams that your true productive rosters should go for. Take guys and say, listen, you're killing it with Justin Fields right now. But look at week 14. He's on bye. Or look at Tony Gibson. I know he's been playing good, but look again. The commanders are on bye in week 14. You need these wins leading up to the playoffs. You need to trade me one of those guys. And here's, boom, here's Geno Smith and another asset, you know, off your bench. Here's, I don't know, uh, the, here's Leonard Fournette. Give me, uh, I've kind of lost my place here. Sorry about that, but I was kind of just spitballing. Uh, <laughs> sometimes they go off the walls here at the game and I can't help it. My my brain goes a million miles an hour. But anyway, let's get back on track. Those teams you uh, you don't attack, you you bargain with, you reason with, you negotiate with, and uh, <laughs> sorry, so I'm just giving the chat maybe laugh. Uh, but anyway, that's that's what you do. Take as a productive team, attack the middle, try to offer them you know three for one, help them bolster their winning chances now because they need to get in the playoffs. But you can look a little bit longer. You can kind of dive uh, into the playoff schedule and things of that nature. And speaking of which, um, in a couple weeks we will go back and look at the schedule for the playoffs. So get you guys prepared as we're heading into it. But this is more of a trade. Uh, uh, show in terms of the segment because uh, the trade deadlines are vastly approaching. So I've rambled, I've talked, I've said a lot. Now let me go ahead and talk about two players that I'm looking to acquire if your sights are set on the playoffs. One running back, one wide receiver. The receiver I'm going to talk about is Chris Godwin. Um, it's clear that he's still working back from the ACL injury because the Podfather said it multiple times uh, that he's he came back too early. And he's right. Podfather's right there. But uh, as he gets more and more healthy, there's going to be, I think, a massive amount of points being scored um, when they get off their bye. They're going to buy next week, uh, week 11, and they're back week 12. They play in Germany on week 10. But Chris Godwin has now seen 10 or more targets in five of his last six contests. Is it tra- tra- translated into big fantasy points? No. But that's why when you look at his expected fantasy points per game at 15.1, it's nearly four points higher. That is fantasy points per game total. And that you know why that is? It's because he has yet to score a single touchdown. Um, he's got a top 10 schedule, according to player profilers, um, weighted remaining strength of schedule that you can find on a seasonal ranks. Uh, so he he's he's ready to rock uh, when he gets back from bye. So that's the type of target I'm taking that running back. It's ETN. It's Travis Etienne. The Etienne's become an absolute stud. He's over 100 yards, uh, total scrimmage yards in five straight. After they traded around, uh, traded away James Robinson, it's Travis Etienne. It's Travis Etienne to the moon. We're seeing all of his snap shares, his opportunities, all of his red zone touches, all of that is creeping up and up and up. And he's actually fifth in the NFL in rushing yards. Uh, he's fifth in breakaway run rate, third in total breakaway runs. Fifth in yards per touch, he's electric, um, and he too has a top ten for more uh, a top ten advantageous remaining schedule for running backs. So, in summary, 
Define your team. Are you lucky or are you productive? If you're lucky, try to take a uh, one of your better scores, not your top score, but your second or third best score, and pull them out. Extract, extrapolate them, pull them back into a couple of uh, different players that you can have a, a stronger team throughout as opposed to being a little more top heavy because you can't uh, sit around and hope for luck in the playoffs. And if you're productive, uh, attack the middle. Attack the teams who are looking to win in the next two to three five weeks or wherever my math might be completely off, but the next few weeks to try to win, to get in the playoffs and, and take a few bench guys and maybe a, a low end starter and sharpen your sword. Cause you really want to get ready to uh, uh, absolutely destroy come playoff time. All right, chat, let's keep it moving. Shall we? The bargain bin players for week 10. This is the segment where I break off a Quarterback, one of the 50%-ish range rostered, and the one that's widely available. We go quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. These are the guys that if you're thirsty for a buy, you need someone in now, you go ahead and go get them. If you're looking even for a a buy low on a a win now type of situation, these are the guys worth attacking, worth bringing aboard, worth even starting in your league for week 10. Let's start with the quarterback position. I'm talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. He is playing the LA Chargers on Sunday night football, so I don't have his DK or his FanDuel numbers. A low Ciento there. Playerprofile.com has him at quarterback 10. I have him at quarterback 12. The over-under of 45 and a half is not the number we would have expected early in the season, but with the injuries in LA and the no Trey Lance, we are looking at a, a lower over-under than probably would have been uh, what we would have thought. But here we are, 45 and a half, and it's not bad. It's not terrible there. And San Francisco are actually seven-point home favorites. They got to get there. That's the first thing I got to say about Jimmy G. And his matchup against the Chargers is about middle of the road. Uh, The Chargers are 12th against uh, fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. So they are not great, but it's not terrible. Jimmy G has been uh, a little of that himself. He's been good, not great. But over his last five contests, he's above 13 points in four of the last five. He's been a top 10 quarterback at the position. And even last week with 17.77 fantasy points, he was QB 15. So he's been very serviceable. And how does he do it? Like he always has. He's been uh, pretty accurate. Um, in this year's yards per attempt and his adjusted yards per attempt are top five at the quarterback, which is encouraging. He's got the 12th most fantasy points per dropback with 0.5 amongst qualified quarterbacks. And his EPA, his expected points added at plus 57.3 is the 10th highest. So he's been a pretty good producer. He's His performance metrics are backed up by solid play. And with a potentially uh, soft matchup going to Sunday night football, I think Jimmy G is a pretty good option if you need yourself a quarterback heading into week 10. The next guy is widely available. So if you find yourself in a predicament, maybe you're riding out the Josh Allen news until the last possible second, leaving you kind of, you can't pick up many guys. They've all, the, the waiver wire has run dry. Who do you turn to? I think you can turn to Jacoby Brissett. He is at the Miami Dolphins. He's only rostered in 16% of sleeper leagues. He's 5,400 on DraftKings, 7,000 on FanDuel. Player profile has him at quarterback 16. I got him a little bit higher at quarterback 13. The over-under of 49.5 is fantastic. And he is road dogs by four points. Now, first and foremost, why do you want to play uh, Jacoby Brissett? The... I mean, the Dolphins have been kingmakers at the quarterback position. Look at Justin Fields last week, who ran for damn near 200 yards against them. 
Now that's going to skew the metrics against rushing quarterbacks, but and, and Brissett's not a rushing quarterback. But if you can get a, even a sliver of bonus because they have allowed a bunch of yards as a quarterback, that's that's just a cherry on top. But he, even just against the passing attack of a quarterback, the Dolphins have surrendered the eighth most uh, points to the to the quarterback position, and they currently rank. 31st in past DVOA. So they're not particularly strong at defending the quarterback position. Jacoby Brissett is coming off of his most productive game of the season uh, when he played in week eight because they did have the bye in week nine. He played, he's put up 20.3 fantasy points. And when you look under the hood, you know, he's fourth in money throws. He's top 15 in the jar, yards, adjusted yards per attempt and yards per attempt, and also top 10 in air yards per attempt. So he can air it out. He's been fairly, fairly accurate. He's in the top 10 for true completion percentage and also in QBR. So, again, it's a, it's a matter of taking a comp- a good quarterback, a, a good managing quarterback, and put him in a juicy, juicy situation. So, yeah, Chad, I think it's wheels up for DPJ and Amari Cooper this week. And I also think it's wheels up if you need yourself a quarterback this week. You you could do worse than Jacoby Brissett. And if you want to ride with your boy Matty Kiwu, I'm also going to ride with Jacoby Brissett in one of my long-running home leagues because I got Lamar Jackson, and I'm ready to pivot to Jacoby this week. So come ride it out with your boy. Next, let's move on to the running back position, and I'd like to talk about Jalen Warren. He's taking on the New Orleans Saints. He's 35% rostered. He's $4,900 on DraftKings, $5,300 on FanDuel. PlayerProfile.com and myself have similarly ranked him at running back 38 this week. The over-under of 40 points isn't juicy in terms of a shootout potential, but it is a bit intriguing if it's a grind out game where the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to use what they continuously allude to more touches for Jalen Warren. Uh, Pittsburgh is also home dogs by one point, but that's fairly negligible in terms of what we expect for the game time situation. But what we can maybe expect here for Jalen Warren is – a double-digit fantasy game. Last week, 10.5 points made him uh, running back 28 on the week. He had 75 total yards, and we've seen now his uh, snap share go up from week 7 to week 8 by 13%. His carries went up from 2 to 6. His routes have always remained right around 8. And last week, he saw three targets. He caught all three of them. He's getting more and more chances on the field. Reports continue to come out about Jalen Warren that he's, he's earning more touches. And uh, if he's if he gets more, I think he could do a, a decent amount with it. His 5.2 true yards per carry is top 10 at the running back position. So as he gets more and more love, he will provide more and more fantasy points for your team. And this week against the New Orleans Saints, they are 15th, so right, right, right in the middle in terms of fantasy points allowed opposing running backs. So I think, and, and they're also middle of the road for rush DVOA. So having said all that, Jalen Warren is a pretty good play if you're stuck at the running back position. Speaking of being stuck, the Kansas City Chiefs backfield, we're all kind of stuck in the middle of who to pick. So I've I've suggested Isaiah Pacheco in this segment in the past. I've talked about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's trade value, both which ways, always, east, west, up, down, upside down, universe, everywhere. Today we're going to talk about Jarek McKinnon because believe it or not, Jarek McKinnon 
maybe the more consistent running back. Uh, now we're talking about a very, very low ceiling, but he is taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's 27% rostered. Uh, he's 4,800 on DraftKings, 5,500 on FanDuel. Uh, both player profile and myself, we have him ranked over Jerry, uh, Isaiah Pacheco and Clyde Edwards Hilaire this week. Uh, playerprofile.com has him at running back 31. I have him at running back 30. Uh, the over under of 51 and a half is very encouraging for a guy who can catch the ball like Jarek McKinnon and the Kansas city being chiefs being home favorites by 10 points alludes to potential, uh, backups getting more touches. And I, I don't know if he's truly considered a backup, but the fact that he's kind of considered that in the fantasy community, I think brings some value here as a bargain bin player in week 10. But first and foremost, we do have to monitor his injury situation. He was downgraded on Friday, uh, dealing with a couple of injuries to a limited capacity. Uh, so we do have to monitor that throughout the weekend. But if he's a, if he's a good go, if he's a go, uh, and you find out early, especially find out on Saturday, he comes off the report altogether. Then you could be playing him with a little bit of confidence in your flex or whatnot, or even your RB2 if you're truly, truly in a bad situation. The Jacksonville Jaguars is good. They are good against the run. They give up the least amount of points uh, in fantasy. And But when you kind of dive a little bit deeper, and you can do that here on playprofile.com by checking out the next game tab here right underneath their workout metrics and the picture of these players, uh, be, which is honestly, sidebar, the next game feature is one of the best tools out there when you're prepping for your game, when you're game planning, seeing over-unders, seeing potential props uh, where the, you know, the the sharks kind of have them, the projectors in Vegas have them, is a good way to kind of balance them. So sidebar over, check out the next game tab on playerprofile.com. When you do that, you find out that the Jacksonville Jaguars give up the most points to running backs in the passing game, which is great for a guy like Jarek McKinnon, who finds himself in the top 20 for receiving yards at the position, top 20 at receptions for his uh, for the running back position. And he's also top 20 in fantasy points per opportunity. So when he's getting the ball, he's, he's doing something with it. We find him at 11th highest in routes run. Uh, he has the ninth best yards per reception with 8.2. So in a game with a super high over-under, we could see Jarek McKinnon being somebody who gets – a little bit extra love in that type of game script and does well with it. So Derek McKinnon, if you are in a hard position, you need yourself some scoring, whether it be an RB2 or flex. I think Derek McKinnon is a fine option to go to. Speaking of fine options to turn to, let's talk about one of my favorites coming into the year who hasn't completely been great, but he's been serviceable. But I'm talking about Zay Jones. We were just talking about the Kansas City-Jacksonville matchup. That's why we're going to tack on the other side at wide receiver. Zay Jones, he's at Kansas City. He's only 37% rostered, 4,400 on DraftKings, 5,500 on FanDuel. PlayerProfile.com has him at wide receiver 39. I got him at wide receiver 37. Again, the over-under of 51.5. And the fact that the Jacksonville Jaguars are home dogs by 10 points. Let's go. That is the type of comeback situation we like to see. And on top of all that, the Kansas City Chiefs are the 13th most advantageous uh, matchup for wide receivers and find themselves at 19th, uh, 20th in past DVOA. So they're not particularly strong at stopping the opposing wide receivers. And Zay Jones, despite his uh, little bit of lackluster season, has had nine or more fantasy points in four of his last five and has a high of 24 and a half on week three against the NFC West Chargers or AFC West Chargers. So 
Uh, Zay Jones is a good option if you need him in your flex, especially. I'm definitely turning to him in a few of my leagues uh, and hoping for that that absolute shootout situation. And if you're running a very expensive stack, I know this isn't a DFS show, but if you're running a, a sp- expensive Kansas City stack, a run back of Zay Jones could be in order. So Zay Jones is a good streaming option. The next receiver I'm going to talk about is Jarvis Landry. Uh, there really is not a ton to go off of in, term of in terms of his performance profile because the dude hasn't played. But he is at Pittsburgh. He's only 33% roster on Sleeper. He's 4,500 on DraftKings and 5,500 on FanDuel. He was not ranked uh, as I was doing my research on player profile due to his injury question mark. But I got him at wide receiver 42, and I imagine he will appear on our player profile rankings here shortly. The over-under of 40 is not great, but they are road favorites by one point. Again, not to uh, that's not a massive contributor here. But what is, if we're looking at a grind-em-out game of only 40 points, good defense. We are going to get TJ Watt back. So theoretically, Andy Dalton will not have as much time to throw. He's going to need someone to get in those short routes, get the ball out quick. Jarvis Landry uh, has been one of the premier low A-dot players in fantasy that still produce he catches a lot of balls he is he's going to have the senior leadership in the wide receiver room obviously olave is their best receiver but now with jarvis landry back he is going to you know possibly command a little bit more targets a little bit more looks from dalton and his opposing matchup the pittsburgh steelers are the seventh best matchup for opposing wide receivers and they are also uh pretty middle of the road and you know things like past boy now of course um TJ Watt will make things more difficult for Andy Dalton, but that doesn't mean it's going to be a terrible day for Jarvis Landry, who, you know, despite his injuries, has averaged 8.5 fantasy points in the games that he's played. So all he has to do is get a few catches here, put a little bit of yards behind it, maybe even score a touchdown, and all of a sudden, Jarvis Landry is a great play this week. So those are my wide receivers, Jarvis Landry and uh, Zay Jones this week to play at wide receiver. Now, the next move on the tight end, I bring this up all the time, how important it is to stream at tight end because it can be a weekly thing at the position because it is an absolute dumpster fire. And if you're not at the top of the position in terms of players on your roster, you're probably uh, open, at least, to streaming. The first guy I'd like to talk about is Cole Komet. Mr. Bottom from started from the bottom. Now he's here. Cole Komet. We like him going into the year. He went absolutely ghost on us for most of the season, but he started to heat up. He's playing Detroit this week. He's about 50% rostered, 3,400 on DraftKings, 5,300 on FanDuel. Player profile has him at tight end 17. I got him a tick higher at tight end 15. The over under of 48 is encouraging. And the Chiefs, oh, the Chiefs, the Bears being, uh, Home favorites by only two and a half to Detroit kind of suggests it could be a back and forth affair, which is exactly what we want out of this D uh, this Chicago bears offense. And over the last two weeks, we saw a lot kind of come to fruition. Now the targets and receptions weren't really there in week eight, but he did score leaving him as tight end 13 on the week with 9.1 fantasy points. But he looked a lot better in that Miami matchup. He had six targets, five receptions, 41 receiving yards with 51 air yards, which was almost a season high. He scored 22 points after scoring those two touchdowns. That was tight end two on the week. There's some positive momentum here for uh, Cole Komet, and a lot of it doesn't have to come in his performance profile. It can come from the matchup. 
They are 26th in past DVOA. The Lions are. And if you look at the next game tab, and I talked to you earlier why it's so important, they're the 11th most advantageous matchup for opposing tight ends. The Detroit Lions are. So for all those reasons, we didn't know we're also getting on the Justin Fields bandwagon. I actually did say the homework assignment a few weeks ago was to wait on the Dallas Cowboys game, which actually wasn't, you didn't have to. He played well there, but was to buy in to the, the Bears because their upcoming schedule was so juicy. And this is absolutely part of that. So if you're when one of those, those leagues that he's available, you're one of those 50% of leagues, pick up Cole Komet. Put him in. He could be a big-time factor here this week. Uh, the next guy I'd like to talk about is Foster Moreau. Darren Waller has been placed on IR, so he will not play for the next four weeks, leaving Moreau as the number one tight end uh, on the team. And he hasn't necessarily had a massive game uh, since he's been the starter in Vegas, but he's seen no less than five targets over the last four games. He's run uh, anywhere from 20 to 40 routes, but he's been on the field over 95% of the time over his last three weeks. And in week eight, he had 9.1 fantasy points, making him tight end 13. The guy's a pretty good athlete. He's prepared. He's uh, compared to Luke Wilson on playerprofile.com, which may not sound appealing when I just say the name Luke Wilson, but when you look at his 81st percentile 40 yard 83rd percentile speed score 84th percentile burst score 84th percentile agility score 90th percentile catch radius you come to find out that foster moreau is more than capable of producing and without hunter renfro without darren wall this week he's sliding in probably to that number three in terms of the pass catching hierarchy after matt collins and obviously Devonte adams um they, they want to see what they have in the kids, so they're going to play him. And his matchup this week, the ten of uh, the Indianapolis Colts, is the third best matchup for opposing tight ends. So if you need Foster Moreau, and he is available in about 80% of leagues, pick him up. Use him. I'm actually using him in, uh, I believe, my flex for the Big Dog Bash. So I am putting my money where my mouth is. Let's wrap it up. That's going to be the player, uh, the bargain bin players for week 10. At quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett. Running backs, Jalen Warren and Jarek McKinnon. Wide receivers, Zay Jones and Jarvis Landry. And at tight end, Cole Komet and Foster Moreau. So, do you want to buy into a player like Cole Komet? I'm not just talking for Week 10. Do you want to buy into Cole Komet long-term? He could be somebody who brings some solid returns in fantasy because his his value did dip quite a bit. He also has some positive return on investment on Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is an app that turns players into stocks you can buy low, sell high, and make some real-life money on Prediction Strike. So just use the promo code UNDERWORLD. You will get a free player share with a $20 deposit. So you put $20 into your Prediction Strike account they will give you one free player share. And you maybe, if you want, you can use that on Cole Komet. And not only can you join Prediction Strike using the promo code UNDERWORLD to get a free player share of a $20 deposit, you can also tune in on our Discord because my man Aaron is dropping some Prediction Strike gold every week. So use that promo code UNDERWORLD. Go to Prediction Strike, get yourself a free player share with a $20 deposit, and then join the Discord and turn it into some real cash. Okay, before we bid farewell on this lovely episode 10 of the game plan, I have a homework assignment for you. Okay, I need you guys, you gals, to go and look at the next upcoming schedule. Look at teams, who they play leading up 
to your fantasy playoffs leading up to it because we are going to do a future episode where we talk about the predict i mean the playoff schedule in terms of easy and hard uh but but leading up to it can be just as important uh because the teams that are scratching and clawing for a playoff spot, even the teams that are up there that are winning, the teams we talked about at the beginning of the show, they're trying to secure the bag. They're trying to grab that first round by put themselves in a position to win the whole damn thing. And you need to get familiar with these next upcoming uh, games. Find out who has the week 14 buys. Find out who has soft matchups over the next two or three. And if you're fighting for a playoff spot, go and try to make a trade for one of those. Go ahead and do so. If you look and you see a guy performing, but you look and you see his next three games are not easy, real tough, bad situation type stuff, maybe make a move. Because in these seasonal leagues, you don't have the luxury of caring too much about the future. It's about right here, right now, and attacking the present. So your homework assignment, ladies and gents, write it down. Make a note. Come back to me next week with what you got. Figure out who you like, who you don't like in the play- in the games leading off to the playoffs. My final thought for this week is simple. Just get after it out there. Put in the work. Don't be afraid to put in the work. And even if you're a bottom team in seasonal, make sure you're setting your lineups. Make sure you're at least answering trade proposals, operating in good faith. Fantasy leagues can stink when they go from 12 to 8. They can go from 14 to 12 because guys are shutting off because they're not going to win in seasonal. You know, play, play the demon. Play the role of the demon where you're trying to ruin someone's playoff chances by beating them uh, in a given week. I'm not saying, uh, you know, collude with any team or, or anything like that. But what I'm saying is don't give up, okay? Don't stop putting in the work. Set your lineups. Answer people with their trades. Don't leave them on red because uh, everyone wants to have fun at the end of the day. And nothing takes away from a league than a bunch of dormant rosters. Teams that when you look up and down the standings to see who can I trade with, you don't even click on their roster because they're out there uh, snoozing. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. Stay active. Keep putting the work. And it keeps the leagues fun. So that is my final thought. And that is episode 10. Please subscribe to playerprofiler.com's YouTube channel. And if you're not already doing so, do it right here, right now. Also, smash that like button. Get these likes pumped way, 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 way up so that I can keep doing the game plan and go past episode 20, episode 30. Just keep doing the game plan because I love bringing this content to the Player Profiler Nation. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Maddie Kiwum. And check out some of my articles that come out on the fantastic playerprofile.com website. We have a number of great articles, so make sure you're checking that out. And go find me on Twitter every Tuesday morning for the Fantasy Football Market Watch. Keep game planning, and I'll talk to you next week. Peace.